Ziploc that Right on my waistline is why I kept that strap I remember nights, I didn't remember nights I damn near went crazy, I had to get it right Now I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper Hey, now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper The absolute truth, yeah, no joke Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Trap Draw Podcast. I am Randy. I am joined by Mr. Tron Carter. TC, how are you today? I am great, Randy. I'm I'm just keen to hear how your new Denver life is going. <laughs> it's uh it's great. You know, it, it snowed six inches a few days ago, um, which was a, a real shot of uh, reality, I guess. But Talk to the system. Uh, yeah, exactly. I had to dig out some some winter clothes, wear some boots that I haven't worn in, in years. Things are good, though. I, I have a lot of work to do left with the apartment and just building out. I, I've got some furniture on order. Uh, but Are you, are you know, building the furniture? Is it, is, it, no, 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 is it assemble yourself or is it pre-assembled? A, a couple pre-assembled, but a couple things I need to do myself. Um, okay. Yeah, so a little bit of a mix, which you know I'm not good at. It, it's it's one of the things I'm I'm most terrible at. Uh, but yeah, things are good. Exploring the neighborhood a little bit, TC. There's so many coffee shops out here. Exploring I don't know the to, space. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I, I don't know what to do. Um, what do you look for in a coffee shop, Randy? Usually, it's it's the it's the staff, the friendliness of the staff, the interior how comfy it is, which is a problem because everything's like takeaway here in Denver. So, uh, and then like kind of how, co- how good the coffee is, but it, to me, it's like how hot the coffee is. I love hot coffee. Uh, and that's about it. You know, really I'm looking for some place where the, the folks are friendly and there's some comfortable space for me to maybe bring a laptop or bring a book and, uh, spend a little bit of time. You, uh, uh, do you judge them on their cream? as well on the quality of the cream. I, I, you know, I do like really, if you don't have half and half, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not coming back is, is really what it shakes out to, you know, DJ's don't, got don't you... me. Uh, DJ, I'm going to round bird these days here in Jack's. It's a, it's a South African spot. Um, yeah. you know, just Sago is too, it was too churchy for me, Randy. <laughs> They're gonna get you in some in some Bible studies over at Yeah, Sago. it was there was there was there's too many youth group dynamics going on over there. Too much University of North Florida stuff. I like round so. Roundbird. I I didn't have a problem with Roundbird. They, they have uh, they have great great pastries as well. Yes. which I always appreciate the hell out of. They have they have good little like those healthy energy bars too. I know. I feel like they that's have, that's just your if, your lane right there. Like those banded energy If you're ever in balls. a pinch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, um, dude, I went down well, I know to, you were uh, down in, I went down to Palm beach. Uh, yeah, you were down to, in South Florida. Yeah. Uh, Ben and I went down there, uh, friend of the program, Andy Nelson put together a great, great event down there at the Palm beach par three. Uh, what an excellent spot that is. Um, yeah. Right down the street from Mar-a-Lago. I know, I know that's a, a, fa- <laughs> a favorite haunt of yours. Um, did, did you pick up some literature, some I did, membership? I, did. I got some literature? membership information for you, um, for like a national membership for you. But uh, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, Palm Beach Part Three was unbelievable. Um, I think the fifteenth hole was sponsored by uh, David Koch, who I, I know you're also a big big fan of as well. 
no but it was it's like there's like three or four holes on the on like right on the intercoastal there's three or four holes right on the on, on the ocean just a ridiculous piece of property um man Palm is Beach it 18 is, hole yeah 18, is it 18 hole, hole par three. three yeah okay yeah but i think my only criticism was like there's not a whole lot of variety in the yardages i felt like i was hitting the shit out of my like six and seven iron all day and then a lot of pitching wedges like a lot of 100 yard shots and a lot of 165 yard shots so um ray floyd designed it or i guess redesigned it uh, a few years back so but yeah palm beach is just like it's just such a blind spot for me i've spent a bunch of time in sarasota naples fort lauderdale but i've never really explored the scene in palm beach i've uh, been to jupiter a couple times but that's kind of a different world from palm beach like proper and it was it's just like suspended reality it is such a bizarre <laughs> place and just driving around and like all the yachts and, and, you know, all the, the 20 foot tall hedges on the mansions. It's just, just a weird place. So does it feel more stereotypically Florida or less than I like Jacksonville area? Yeah. I think it's like what you think of when you think of Florida, where, you know, when you, when you kind of leave or like drive North a little bit, you've got, you know, like took kind of the scenic route home and went up through like, uh jupiter to cuesta hope sound like right past seminal and all that right past workers of asia and uh and it's just it's like yeah strip mall after strip mall but then there's these pockets of just crazy you know opulent wealth right so mm. just a, just an interesting place huh uh well i'm glad you were able to get down there that was an nit qualifier was it it not? was it was uh mr mr ben actually ended up winning it <laughs> really yeah. yeah um yeah which you know i think he should be ineligible on par three courses because he's he's he he built and maintains one himself so yeah, yeah. Um, um well hey let me let me um th- this this episode is our uh our wine access um it. episode for the month of april uh, i want to thank wine access they're the official wine provider of the Michelin Guide, and they've teamed up with restaurants featured in the Michelin Guide to curate a tour of the world's best wine list. They'll be partnering with a different restaurant featured in the Michelin Guide uh, five times per year. Uh, Each shipment, if you want to get some of these wine, each shipment includes four bottles and will cost somewhere between that $160 to $200 uh, price range, and that includes shipping. I know we, TC, we have an April wine of the month. Uh, would you like to hear me try to pronounce it? I would love to. That's the highlight of the app right there. Yeah, it's a 2017 Chateau St. Jean d'Amaris Alchemiste Terrasse du Larza. Yes. Did I nail it? Basically, we'll call it La Alchemiste. How about that? Okay. All right. La Alchemist. La Alchemist. Okay. Yeah. Um, is it some funky juice? Yes. Yeah. This is some funky juice, Randy. This is a this is a power plant, if you will. <laughs> uh, had it the other night, actually, with some, with some steak. Uh, it's from the Languedoc, which uh, kind of a value region. Uh, there's, you know, you got the Chateauneuf de Pop, and then um, you know over towards Spain, and you've got the. Um, uh, yeah, Priorat and all that, and like, but this is kind of a region similar geography, but but not quite as pricey. So you can get some very good values in there. Um, I'll just go to the wine access tasting notes because these are some of the better 
tasting notes I've ever read on a wine. Please. Uh, I love the tasting notes. This is an over-delivering beast that fires on all cylinders. This wine has a dark (laughs) intensity in the core with an opaque ruby tone. Aromas of fig jam, smoke, leather, and spice dominate on the palate. This untamed beast comes together seamlessly, giving way to a dark fruit compote, anise seed, and feral notes of smoked meats and dark chocolate. Breadth and longevity are the name of the game with a mountainous structure, long finish, velvety tannins. Um, yeah, this is this is my kind of wine. So that was, yeah. That sounds exciting. I, this is a type of wine I would love to try. Yeah, this is this is that's why that's why I chose it for the wine of the month. I, like I'm kind of grinding <laughs> on these wine of the month a little bit. Like, I was gonna say this isn't just like uh, you know people that wine access doesn't do this for us or for you. You 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 yeah, are working hard them to this and yeah, yeah. Like, hey like let me you know I'll order some and I'll try a bunch each month and then pick out my favorite one and then you know so. This was, this was that one. Um, and then you've got, um, like they've been great to work with. They've got, um, this stuff's like $30 a bottle. Um, again, you can get shipping included on orders of $120 or any six bottles. And then you get 15% off, um, wine, wineaccess.com slash trap draw. And also we put together a, uh, like a, a kind of three, three bottle, uh, like wine tasting set as well. So, We've got an Arno Roberts um, Syrah in there. We've got a um, Central Coast Pinot. And then we've got uh, kind of a really cool, funky white, like Rebola Giala Chardonnay, um, I think Tokai Friolano grapes. So um, stoked about that. But you can find all that kind of, it's all on that Trap Draw page as well. So yeah. So again, that's uh, wineaccess.com slash Trap Draw. not only 15% off your first three purchases, but you can find the NLU custom set. TC, it's it's a $96 set for three bottles. Um, a, a great deal if you ask me. And um, we just thank Wine Access. They've been great to work with. And, you know, I've used it personally. I know you use it all the time. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a site and a service that we can really vouch for. So... Yeah, Randy, you're going to have to stock, to stock up on your uh, on your on your vivacious whites out there at altitude. I know. <laughs> I know. Summer, yeah, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I have to get our. I I want to order your set. That's that that should be my first wine purchase out here. I, I should get that NLU set coming out. I think I've got um, I've got a few of them here. I'll bring them up to Piners tomorrow too. Be- so, beautiful, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. What else is going on? Yeah. Well. Uh, have people been getting in our ass about anything? Any apologies to issue? Not really. I, I, it sounds like Kroger's leaning deep into robotics and AI. Um, of course. Which I thought which, was interesting. Honestly, uh, yeah. I mean, don't you have to? If you if you want to compete with Walmart and Amazon, I feel like you yeah, have to. Especially in this labor market right now, too. You know, it's tough, exactly. to, tough, tough to find hourly employees. So Exactly. Uh, uh, let's see. What else? We got... I saw Donovan, Donovan Mitchell little uh, little ankle tweak I think last night or two nights ago in the association. I'm, I'm monitoring that. Do you want to apologize for the refereeing in that Sacramento Utah game? No, no, I don't at all. I'm fine with it. That was that was bullshit. Um, have you gotten that out of your system? You've been whinging about that for for five or six days now. I think it's out. I'm so <laughs> mad. 
the 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 Kings losing streak. I, I shouldn't be mad. It was so predictable. But I they're just what's it up to now? Watch right now. Uh, eight and counting. Sick. And right when you move to Denver, the, uh, their Jamal best player, Murray. yeah, gets gets you know, out for the season. Right, torn ACL. Tor- towards ACL. Yeah, Heat tough. That. That's Heat tough. that, Randy. I know. Um, I know. Dwayne Wade bought into my Jazz too. Minority really? owner. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he and Qualtrics Ryan are like boys. <laughs> That's, Qualtrics, I love that. that. Qualtrics Ryan is is Wade's mentor. Wade said, "So that gives me a lot of delight. I would yeah. have never guessed." Yeah. Um, yeah. Were you able to watch any of the F one race this morning? I was. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of feelings floating around, Randy. You know, I gutted for my AlphaTauri guys um uh, right you know yuki absolutely sending it I'm, I'm i'm happy to see yuki he's not he's not laying up right he's 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 out of control in qualifying he's out of control in the race <laughs> pierre got just left out to dry um yeah. on the wet tires ironically um do you, you think know, my boy georgie got got did dirty yeah, i think botas botas should be banned for life lifetime ban. i would support that and then yeah. Georgie could probably take that that car. Exactly. Take that ride. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he was he was bouncing around down there and like, you know, Botus is down there in ninth, about to get passed by the Williams. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. You're I know. you're a stain on you're a stain on on the Mercedes Toto name. I think this was the week Georgie was was getting a point. Yeah. Um I love seeing some fire from Georgie though. Like like the guys on the, yeah. on the broadcast were like, Oh, he's going over to see if he's okay. I was like, I don't think he's going over to see if he's okay. I think he's going <laughs> over to bitch at him. So yeah, yeah. And then uh yeah, weird race from Checo. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh I just Ferrari is just so fluffy. They're just they they need to be exposed. I mean, good good result at their home track, but yeah, they I don't know. Uh, I, great, great I, result for your guy, um, Lando. I like it was like seeing that, yeah. especially like Daniel Ricardo was just like pitiful comparatively. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, curious with that. The McLarens are are fast, so they are. They are. Um, well, let's. Uh, we we have a great guest this week. Um, before we before we get into that. I, you know, I didn't effort a ton of people this week, but I did effort a couple. Um, I think, you know, my, my first call was, uh, did you know Lee Harvey Oswald was born in New Orleans? I didn't. I did not. Yeah. Um, could have gotten, you know, the, the full unvarnished story from him. Obviously, you know, he's, he's not available. Um, lots of, uh, Lots of musicians, obviously, big jazz uh, history down in New Orleans. Some some good New Orleans rap. Uh, I think any any of those musicians would have been great to talk to. Listen, my guy sure. C Murder, yeah, my my guy C Murder in particular, I think would have been a, a great gift for the trap draw. Juvenile would have been great, I think. Of course, um, yeah. I, I I efforted uh, uh, Marshall Falk. Didn't know he was from New Orleans. I didn't realize that either. I would love to ask Marshall Falk what he thinks of uh, Alvin Kamara, if he sees a little of himself in in Alvin. Yeah. Um, Maybe next year. Gosh, well, you know, DJ Khaled was from New uh, Orleans. 
Yeah, born in New Orleans. Went to Dr. Phillips High School. Really? Yep. There's a Dr. Which Phillips is in Orlando. High School. Yeah. Which is in Orlando, as I'm reading right now. But he was born in New Orleans, according to Wikipedia. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Patrick Sertain, former NFL cornerback, uh, which like so, some of these guys having kids in the in the NFL draft is just really making yeah. me feel older shit. Right. I was gonna say his son's his son's a good ass player too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's probably he'll probably be the number number one corner taken. Um, another another football player would have loved to have gotten on the pod. Not to be confused with Matt Wallace, Mike Wallace. Mm-hmm. Um, not and not of sixty minutes fame of uh, you know former Pittsburgh Steeler, Baltimore Raven, you know yeah. Miami Dolphin, bounced around a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I know uh, I, I, I don't even say this. This is 0% hyperbole. I think maybe one of probably in our, both of our top three favorite players of all time, uh, obviously not available RIP to slim slim thug. Chris. Henry. Yeah. yeah. Born just outside New Orleans. Yeah. The, the, the uh, God, what could have been Randy? What I know. Could have been? I know. Um, Somebody I efforted, I, I wasn't able to get a hold of him. Tom Benson. He's mm. he's, he's keeping a low profile these days. Could not mm-hmm. could not get him on the blower. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of lots of politicians. You know, I know your boy Steve uh, Scalise. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Scalise. Scalise. Yeah, Scalise. Yeah, Scalise. Was he the one that got um, shot a few years back? Yeah, yeah, the softball game. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not really laughing about. It. I guess I'm laughing about you know, of all people to get shot. Like, I, I feel yeah. like yeah, I feel like that would change your perspective on some stuff, but uh, <laughs> I guess not. Um, yeah, you know, just a lot of people like that. Uh, anybody else? Anybody else that we really tried to reach out to? Yeah, I tried to reach out to uh, to Ronald Slim Williams of uh, he's Birdman's brother. Kind of the, the oh yeah of the, course the mastermind behind the you know cash money uh you know records all that stuff um they used to stay at the ritz in, in atlanta all the time they were they were fantastic guests actually they would like we would have to call our pastry chef back in if she was on her off day or whatever she we would have to call her back in to make these cinnamon rolls that these guys loved um <laughs> and uh it was in, and they would, they would own, they wouldn't really even come in the hotel. They would just park their two tour buses outside the hotel. And then, um, and then like they had all these Russian security guards. So they would drive up from new Orleans, you know, six, probably six hours up from new Orleans on these buses. And then as soon as they put the, the buses there, like the, the, you know, the cops couldn't mess with them. Like they needed a warrant versus in a, in a hotel room. They like the laws are different with, with the hotel room. So, ah. um, yeah, kind of an interesting, interesting. Those guys know what's up. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. the, the Russian security guards looked like, you know, freaking Vladimir Klitschko. And, 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 and like it was, they were six, eight, just crazy huge. Um, Love that. And then, Love yeah, that. a few times like they would, they would come up and like when uh, Todd Gurley was at Georgia, he would always come in and like hang out in the lobby with them. Will Wayne would like go to the skate park and like, you know, wear his bathroom. <laughs> It was it was a it was a weird weird scene, but always fascinating. It's incredible, uh, just the rap the the rap artists out of New Orleans: Lil Wayne, uh, Manny Short, Master P, 
obstacle. Like it is an embarrassment of of rappers born and, and raised around New Orleans. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, and, then, and then you get into like even some of the ones like Boozy. I don't even think he's from New Orleans. Like he's from outside of New Orleans, like Louisiana, kind of rural Louisiana. But I don't know. I need to go to Louisiana. I've never been. It's uh, that, that that shocks me that you've never <laughs> been to New Orleans. Yeah, I've never even been to the state before. Um, and like for no good reason. It's I'm super, yeah. you know. But it's and like I really want to go out just explore. Like I want to get deep into Louisiana, like weird Louisiana, right? Yeah, like I want to get out to Lafayette and yeah. down into like the true Cajun country. Yeah, I, I like want to be exactly, exactly. A, so. a good time. Uh, um, well, so who is our well, guest? Yeah, well, no offense to our guest. Uh, we got Mr. Ben Goodley, who big, big friend of the pod. Um, you folks may know him from social media at Mr. Goodley Cooks. Uh, he's he's a, an active member of the Refuge, our message board. And he's been in New Orleans now for a number of years. Uh, he's, he's got a day job, but his passion and his hobby, as, as we talked to him about, is food. And, you know, what better place, at least in the United States, to be a foodie than New Orleans? So I, th- I think for, for everybody that has been to New Orleans, is planning a trip to New Orleans, or just loves food, uh, this is a can't miss episode. Ben is going to break down, uh, essentially he's going to plan out a, a hypothetical itinerary for you for your next New Orleans trip. So I'm, I'm geeked to, to speak with him. I'm glad we talked to him before I've been in New Orleans, right? Because I'm not going to waste any time on any of the, the tourist traps now. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, talking to him, it just makes me want to get down there like as soon as possible. <laughs> exactly. So, so, all right. Well, TC, um, it's a travel week for us. I will see you in Pinehurst. Uh, we're doing, you know, life's tough. We're doing a few work things in and around Pinehurst, but uh, safe travels. And I you look too. forward to. Yeah, Question, question for you. Are you flying? Are you flying United direct to Raleigh? Or are you flying Delta through Atlanta? I'm flying Delta through Atlanta. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You're a slave to that status, man. I know, man, the free check bag. I get to sit in the exit row for free. Like I'm, I feel like I'm saving the company some money. I'm going to, I'm going to get you on that status match. You can, you can do that. You've sent that to me, but yeah, you you need to hold my feet to the fire there. Because otherwise you're going to be in a, like, there's going to be so many instances where you're going to be doing transplants and automobiles to fly Delta out of, out of Denver. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, all right. good, good stuff. TC, I'll see you in Pinehurst. All Sounds right. Sounds good, homie. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get to today's guest, I want to thank our other sponsor for today's podcast. And that is our good friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. You may have seen the UFC fans, Masvidal and Usman put on a show the last time they stepped into the octagon and round two is sure to pack a punch. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of USC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 26 to 1 odds on either title contender to reign victorious. Pick either main event fighter to win during this weekend's UFC 261 title fight, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 26 to 1 odds. Just bet $5 on either fighter to win, and if they walk out with the belt, you will cash $130. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Right now, listeners download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code TRAPDRAW, all one word, when you sign up to turn $5 into $130 if the title contender of your choice wins. Place your bet and watch the fists fly this weekend. That's code TRAPDRAW to turn $5 into $130 if the fighter of your choosing takes home the crown. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thank them very much. And now on to our conversation with Ben Goodley. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the line now, our very special guest, our New Orleans expert, Mr. Ben Goodley. Ben, good afternoon. How are you today? Good afternoon. I'm great today. I uh, just finished lunch and kind of slowly uh, checking emails for the rest of the day and having a having a good old time over here. It's nasty and rainy over here, so it has been for about five days. So going to try and get out while the sun's out, but it's a good day over here in New Orleans. What did you have for lunch? Oh, uh, lunch today was just a, a turkey and cheese sandwich. It was nothing fancy. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I know you're you're hoping for a po- what you call a shrimp po' boy or what yeah, you I was call thinking it something. Some beignets, some po' boy, some oysters. Some, no, some, we we're we're probably gonna go out to dinner tonight, so we'll have something good tonight. But trying to trying to keep keep the body going during the day. Well, I want to get into your uh, your passion for cooking, but before we get there, let's let's establish some bona fides. Uh, tell us. You obviously live in New Orleans. How long have you been in New Orleans, and uh, what do you what do you enjoy most about New Orleans? So I've been in New Orleans, I guess, just about seven years now. Been here. Um, so I grew up in Alabama. My parents are from Southern Louisiana, Central Southern Louisiana. So I spent time in New Orleans my whole life. Then when I finished college, it was kind of, do I want to stay in Alabama or come down to Louisiana? So ended up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana for about a year, which was fun as a twenty four year old fresh out of college, making decent money, living in a college town with a bunch of college kids kind of living the big life and um, then moved down to New Orleans and have loved it ever since. So lived in, I guess, two neighborhoods um, in New Orleans. And so I kind of live in the area town I live in is uptown Audubon area. So still in in the city, properly in New Orleans, but more in, say, a residential area of the city. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. And I am I am a total like you would think that somebody who loves food and food and drink as much as I do. I've never been in New Orleans. I have no excuse for it. There's no good reason. Like I've, I've, I've never been to Vegas either. Those are two places that are just total blind spots for me and for no good reason. Vegas is amazing. I, I was just in Vegas about a month ago, a little over a month ago. It's it's an amazing city. Um, New Orleans, um, glad that you haven't been yet, Tron. We're going to basically establish some some tourist traps and keep you away from those. So when you do come, you can actually enjoy the city properly Love and it. not just be Love drunk it. on Bourbon Street the whole time. Perfect. Well, let's start there. Let's start Bourbon Street. What What is Bourbon Street its own neighborhood or area so, in New Orleans, Ben? So Bourbon Street is in the French Quarter. Um, okay. Bourbon Street itself is, of course, the one main strip that's probably, I don't know, maybe about a mile long is the main, say, touristy part of Bourbon Street in the French Quarter. Um, Bourbon Street is an experience. I despise it living here, um, but it is an experience. So the last time I was on Bourbon Street would have been a little over two years ago. So when LSU was in the national championship game against, uh, was it Clemson? Yeah, Clemson. So couldn't afford tickets to the game because they were going for like $2,500. But basically wife and I and some friends found a bar on Bourbon Street and spent the night there drinking and having a good time. 
And so other than that, I, I can't tell you the last time I've been to Bourbon Street and spent more than 10 minutes on it just trying to get through. Um, the, fr- <laughs> the French Quarter itself is actually very fun and very nice during the day. But at nighttime, it's just a, I mean, it, it's a drunk fest. That's the entire point. That's why you're going there. So yeah. I would say if you're going there, it serves a purpose. But to anyone who lives here or visits Norris a lot, very overrated. Okay. All right. Good to know. Uh, well, let's start. Let's uh, let me throw another one out there. What about the Bywater area? Bywater is very cool. Um, Bywater is becoming a bit overrated and mostly overpriced. The just the real estate has gone gone off the charts. All those New York and California people need to go back to where they came from because they're just <laughs> God. Um, but tons of good restaurants. Tron, you'd hang out and buy water. Um, that that would be kind of your spot. That's where you would get your Airbnb. That's where you would hang out. Um, Randy, when y'all were here for Strap, that's where y'all stayed at. Exactly. The Bywater area. Um, very cool area. What about the Garden District? Garden District is, I would say, overrated. There's not really much to do there. It's a bunch of really nice homes, and you can go on a tour of the fancy homes, but really you're just walking down the street and looking at somebody's $2 million house. Um, from behind iron gates. Um, it doesn't really serve a purpose other than some really old, nice houses um, that you could buy paintings of, but I don't really see any point in it. I mean, I live five minutes away from Garden District proper, but I don't, I don't go over there unless I'm driving through. <laughs> uh, well, you said you lived in, what, Uptown Audubon area? Yeah, so if so, if I wouldn't look like a fool, I can walk to Audubon Park Golf Course from my front door in probably about seven, eight minutes. Okay. With, with my golf with my golf clubs on my back, um, I've done it once just to see if people would stare at me. Um, but I'm very close to the park, very close to Audubon Park. That's where we take our daughter on walks in the evening time, uh, close to the zoo. So Audubon Park is awesome. Again, the real estate prices are going ridiculous, um, but I'd say it's again properly rated. You know what you're getting when you come to Audubon area. What are some areas then that are underrated? Underrated. Really, none of New Orleans proper is underrated right now because it's just everything it's, it's, since I've been here has just gone through the charts. It's so congested. So the issue with New Orleans is that we're waterlogged. So you can't grow New Orleans living in the city. You have to leave and go to the North Shore or go to what we call the West Bank, which is where, say, TPC is. is actually on the West Bank. Um, but if you look at, say, underrated areas, Probably say Gentilly, um, some parts of uh, Mid City. So Mid City is an area of town, as it sounds, in the middle of the city, basically on the other side of the interstate from the French Quarter. So there's some pockets here and there, but there really isn't anywhere in New Orleans that's underrated, um, in my opinion, at least. I'm sure someone will come and correct me. It's such an interesting city to look at on a map. Like, and having never been, like, I've, I've flown over it a bunch, and it's always fascinating to look at from the plane, just because. Like you said, it's it's you know hemmed in on on the north by the lake, and then you've got the river making several bends there. And yeah. it's, just, it's a fascinating uh, topographic city. Yeah. So you cannot leave New Orleans without crossing over a bridge. It's impossible to get out of the city without being in some sort of elevated um, elevated highway. Whether it's there's a couple, um, say the causeway. I think causeway is 23 miles. That gets you to the North Shore which is like the longest bridge that goes directly over the lake. You've got um, another bridge, the I-10 bridge, that gets you to the North Shore as well. Then you've got I-10 that takes you through to the River Parish, is the other direction, but it's all raised highway. So, I mean, we are 
I mean, New Orleans is in the middle of a swamp. I mean, every everyone kind of knows that part of it. I mean, <laughs> it's not the smart. I mean, it's not really the smartest place to live. Like, there really shouldn't be a city here. But and you say that, I said I would never move here, and now here I am, seven years later. So, are are, um, are any of those areas that border Lake Lake Pontchartrain? What, what, what is that area like in terms of, I guess, like northern New Orleans, right? How, how so do the you, North Shore. Is that the North Shore then? That's the, that's the North Shore. So I was actually texting. Okay. I was texting um, one of my buddies um, on the refuge. He goes by Sergio's landscaping. Um, <laughs> he and I were, were texting just before we got on here. And his, his thing to me was don't detonate the North Shore. So people who live in the city proper, um, we kind of make we kind of make fun of North Shore people um, just because it's kind of um, – that's where the quote unquote say the uncool people live who work, they work in the city, but they're not cool enough to live in the city. So they moved to the North Shore. But in North Shore, it's going to be more, you're going to get a lot bigger piece of land and a bigger house for a much better price. And it's for people, a lot of people who live in New Orleans work on the North Shore because they just don't want to live in the city. So, so it's basically like a, like a suburb without. It's exactly, it's a yeah, suburb. So a suburb. Okay. The, the main suburbs on the North Shore are Covington, Mandeville, Madisonville, uh, Slidell, and Hammond. So okay. you've kind of those are kind of your main uh, suburbs. And exactly, so rather than just say the suburb butting directly up to the city like any other major city would have, here you have to cross a lake to get to it. Gotcha. What about Metairie? I'm probably not even pronouncing that that right, but. Metairie is interesting. So there is old Metairie. Old Metairie is old money. Um, I mean, that it, it, you've got to have big bucks to live in old Metairie. So Metairie, old Metairie, you've got Metairie Country Club, um, which is a uh, Seth Rayner course. They're redoing so, that right now, right? They're, they're in the middle of um, a restoration and renovation. So they are, to my knowledge and my understanding, they're going back. They're going back as best they can to the original uh, design of it uh, when it was built. Um, and to my knowledge, it's the it's either the only rainer in the southeast or one of very few rainers in the southeast. And so kind of the interesting story behind that is so there's another course in the world called um, Joe, Joe Bartholomew. So Joe Bartholomew was the first black golf, not necessarily architect, but first black golf um, constructor in the United States. He learned under Seth Rayner and then it's a rainer design, but. Based on the history, it seems to be that Joe Bartholomew actually built the course with little input from Seth Rayner when he was building it. So it has a very interesting, um, an interesting background, interesting history. I was going to say, if anybody, uh, I'll plug Will Bardwell wrote an excellent piece for the Golfers Journal about right, yeah, exactly Bartholomew, and kind of trying to track down where that uh, he had built a, a private course. Um, the, the forgotten and, nine or the the nine exactly. that disappeared. Right. Yeah, exactly. He was trying to track down what area of the city that was located in. Yeah, so Joe Barthol, it's a very interesting story. So he he was the pro at Audubon um, back when it was a private. This is in like early 1920s, if I remember, if I recall correctly, my history. Then he built, I think Metairie Country Club was the first one he built. He built City Park 1, City Park 2. Um, what was then called Pontchartrain Park, but has now since been named after him, but kind of the, and some other courses around New Orleans, but kind of the, the, the unfortunate part of his story is that all these courses he built, he never had the chance to play because of discrimination. So he built all these golf courses, but never had the chance to actually play them. But again, just like you were saying, the um, golfer journal does a much better job than I do just spitting off history. It's a, yeah, it, it's a, it's a good piece. Um, 
I, I always thought of Audubon Park as being like really big. And I know the, the golf course there is is great. We highlighted it on strap. Yeah. But just looking at the map, like City Park is humongous. I, no, I, so never... City Park is actually so Audubon Park is not a municipal park. It's not a public park. OK, um, so Audubon Park is owned by the Audubon Society, the Audubon Nature Society, who also runs the insect, the insectarium, the aquarium and um, one other nature aspect i can't think of it um, do they own the zoo not, not our not an arbor yes um the zoo as well and the zoo is directly across the street from the golf course yeah yeah so but then city park is the city is exactly the city park and it's massive so you have two golf courses in city park you have the i think at one point there were three and then two got wiped out after their after hurricane katrina they just didn't rebuild them back after Hurricane Katrina, but City Park, you've got the Museum of Art is there, the Kids Museum is there, they've got Putt-Putt, they've got um, kind of like a kids play area park, um, there's a Cafe de Monde where you get beignets in the middle of the park. I mean, it is, during like this time of year when it's nice outside, it's one of the major hangout spots. To Which one do they do uh, Jazz Fest at? Is that the Fairgrounds? That's the City Park, yeah, that's the City okay. Park. Okay. So, so Fairgrounds is, well, excuse me, um, Jazz Fest is at Fairgrounds, but that's not too far from City Park. There's what I was thinking of, there's a few other festivals that are at City Park. But so Jazz Fest is at the Fairgrounds, the horse track, which is, I mean, it's 10 minutes away from City Park. It's kind of in that same area. It's in mid-city. Um, the only, the other thing that I always remember, uh, the feed flow to New Orleans is I, you always see the uh, I assume it's the Lake Lawn, Metairie Funeral Home and Cemeteries, just the gigantic plot of land um, that serves as a burial ground. And you used to be able to actually go in and tour the cemeteries, especially the ones like in the French Quarter and some of the ones in the Garden District. But they've kind of they've toned it down a little bit just because so many people were like trying to shoot kind of low budget movies and stuff in the cemeteries. Um, but so Lake Lawn is the ones that you see like when you drive through the interstate. But then you can stumble upon those race cemeteries all over the city. They're they're everywhere, and they're a um, they're a bit creepy when you kind of first stumble upon them at night, just because you you <laughs> you walk past and the cemetery is right there. You can come out. There's I mean, there's tons of yeah them around. I always think of uh, the movie Double Jeopardy, when uh, uh, with Ashley Judd, and she's accused of killing her husband. I think like the, the last like thirty minutes of the show are, are you know kind of in and around New Orleans. I think the other movie that I always think of is uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Yeah, and Port of Call is one of the, say, main um, tourist bars, restaurants. Um, it's, I mean, it's actually worth going to. It's pretty cool. But it, so it's a place called Port of Call. I mean, they're kind of things is like, um, what you call it? Um, hurricanes and cheeseburgers. So hurricanes being the drinks, and they like have a really good burger. And like on a Saturday during like this time of year in the summer, I mean, there's a line out the door like you're waiting probably an hour hour and a half during lunchtime to, to get in there because um, it's just one of those main tourist places in the french quarter what uh i speaking of the cemeteries that is something anytime i've been to new orleans there is a there's like a little bit of a haunted feeling or a spookiness that i it just and, and i don't know if that's you know all the history and the, the architecture, but I, I always, I kind of enjoy that feeling. Well, it's, it's, it's old. Everything looks old because so in the French quarter, like you can't do anything to the outside of a house. 
So like a lot of these houses in, in the French Quarter, like from the front, they just look like old houses from whatever, 1800s. But inside, they're like multi-million dollar brand new looking houses. But you can't do anything to the front fascia, basically what people see from the outside. And so it brings in this very kind of old worldly in night, especially if it's foggy, it's just dark and it's kind of creepy. And then you do have... You, you do have, there's, I can't remember what, it's Madam Somebody, but there are these certain burial plots where people are buried who were these spiritual figures and people still will come and basically lay offerings to these pe- to these people's burial plots, like asking for some sort of spiritual awakening or something or another. And it's, it's, it's weird. It, it's, <laughs> the first quarter gets really weird. Is it Marie Laveau's House yes, of Voodoo? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So Marie Laveau, so people will, like, people go and visit her and, like, pray and, like, give offerings over her burial plot, like, still today. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, and, like, if you can, and you can go see her burial plot, like, you can tour that one any, like, any time of day. And it's, like, you'll see, like, very new offerings. It's, it's strange. There's some, there's some weird stuff out here. <laughs> How far is New Orleans from Baton Rouge? <sighs> So let's about an hour and 15 minutes. I'd, I'd probably say about, about an hour and 15 minutes. Um, d- it depends on traffic, but it depends on what part of Baton Rouge you're trying to get to, but I'd say about an hour and 15. So I, for about six months, when I was first moved to New Orleans, I lived in Baton Rouge and I was doing like an hour and 45 minute round or an hour and 45 minute one way trip. So doing that in the morning, doing that in the evening. So it's not too far. Um, and when I lived in Baton Rouge, we would come to New Orleans. Basically, we drive down after work and then like leave New Orleans at three o'clock in the morning and drive back to Baton Rouge. So <laughs> it's doable, but it gets old very, very fast. What What's the makeup of New Orleans? Is it um, does it attract people from all over the country? Is it is it pretty regional? What's What's your feel? It's very so. New Orleans is not Louisiana. That's okay. kind of, and that's what people in New Orleans say that very often. Like New Orleans is very much not Louisiana, where it's a very there are people from all over the country. So like if you look on my street, I don't think anybody who lives on my street is like a born and raised New Orleanian. Um, we've all moved here from somewhere else, and like in this part of town, very much so. People from um, people from other areas of the country who have moved here. It kind of varies based on say neighborhood by neighborhood. There's some neighborhoods where it's more people have lived there longer. But you, you generally have a lot of people who may come here for college. So whether it's, say, Tulane, uh, Loyola, New Orleans, UNO, um, or LSU in Baton Rouge, or come to like medical school or dental school and like come and then stay. Because when you get here, kind of sucks you in and you don't, you don't want to leave. The real estate didn't used to be that high. So you kind of get here and you're like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Have they yeah. rebuilt everything from like, or, or are there certain areas of town that are that they're kind of writing off because they because they sit so low and they're so flood prone or is it is it pretty much everything so it's not that it's flood prone it's that there are certain areas that are just have not been economical or the people who live in that area don't have the finances to rebuild it okay so if you look at say new orleans east which is um and and this is where i'm functionally me not being from here i'm not i don't want to go i don't want to act like an expert but to from my friends and from, from my best understanding new orleans east was for a long time, a middle-class African-American community. After Katrina, a lot of those people moved to Houston and never came back. And when they didn't come back, 
it went in basically, it basically slowly rotted over time. It just hasn't been finest to rebuild that community. So from my understanding, it's, and you can see it when you drive down the interstate through New Orleans East, you can see where there used to be shopping centers that are just either falling apart or being bulldozed down. Um, but the majority of the areas, say, in New Orleans, like probably in the middle of the city, has all been rebuilt back. Um, let's go food. Okay. Yeah. Let's go, let's go like restaurants. That's... What are your go-tos? I mean. All right. Uh, go-to. So what I actually did was, so I made a, um, for anyone who wants to visit New Orleans, I made a Thursday through Sunday. This is how I would spend a weekend in New Orleans. So I've actually written it down so we can actually go through that. Hell yeah. Um, just, just my, my weekend. And of course, anyone can adjust as they see. Fit. We're talking about your weekend, you know? Yeah, exactly. This is your power yeah. ranking. This is your, <laughs> this is your podcast, man. You so don't, don't worry about what anybody else says or what the replies are going to say. Yeah. So let's say you get in. Let's say you get into town. Most people get in Thursday. Thursday afternoon, most people are either they're going to drive in Thursday morning from Houston or wherever, or maybe from um, from Mississippi, Alabama. They're going to fly in. You're going to get here around, let's say, two, three o'clock on Thursday. We're going to get oysters. That's <laughs> yes. number one. Got a couple different options for the people who like raw oysters. There's a place called Seaworthy and a place called Sidecar. Uh, both those places specialize in oysters. So they've got anywhere from maybe a dozen to 20 different varieties of oysters from all over the country on the menu. And you can get into some, um, so like sidecar, you can basically get a tasting platter and just say, Hey, just give me, I want one of every oyster that you have on the menu. And they will bring you the platter and they'll have signs on each oyster saying exactly what it is. Seaworthy does very, a very similar thing. Let's say you don't want raw. Let's say that you're not that adventurous and you want the charboard oysters. So these are the oysters that you put on the grill, um, like garlic, butter. Like the oysters rock. Parsley. They're similar, um, but I can't remember what you put on rocker food, but they're, it's basically you do the same cooking method, but they're seasoned two different ways. Okay. You're talking um, Randy's but, language here. He doesn't yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll eat a raw oyster. Yeah, yeah come yeah. on, TC. I've actually <laughs> never eaten a grilled oyster. Oh, God, I love oysters. Now I'm going to get oysters for dinner tonight. <laughs> so... We, so there's two places. So Acme Oyster House um, is probably the most famous. So it's in it's in the French Quarter. Um, depending on the time of day you go, you can walk straight in or you can be waiting in line for two hours. Um, it all depends on just the time of day that you get there. And then there's another place called Drago's. Drago's is more of like a sit down restaurant where but they're say their charboard oysters are basically if you don't if you sit down to eat dinner, you don't order them, then you're full. Like it's completely ridiculous to go there and not order them if you're sitting down there for dinner. Um, if it's you, say if it's you and your your significant other, you order a dozen, you get six, perfect appetizer. Then you, then you start dinner and you get into get into the rest of the stuff. Um, Friday, so Friday morning for the people. Wait, wait, hold who, on, where where are we going out Thursday night? Are you gonna send us anywhere Thursday night? To, let's just go to Bourbon Street. Just you, okay. if you haven't been, you have to experience it. You got to get out, out of the way. System. Yeah, you, me... you've got you've got to try it once. Um, the, the one of the things I'll say about New Orleans, and maybe not so much on your first date, actually probably your first date here, you can very easily what I what me and my friends call you can peak too soon because you oh, yes. get here, and if you, if you're not if you don't live in a place where you can walk around with alcoholic drinks, you don't understand and comprehend how easy it is to drink four and five drinks in the matter of an hour because you can get a drink at one bar walk out drink it on your walk down the street get another one 
and it's 8.30 and you're done. And you miss dinner. And that's just in the French Quarter? No, it's everywhere. No, 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 it's everywhere. I, so directly across the street from my house, I have a restaurant um, called Clancy's. Very good, like white tablecloth, very nice restaurant. I don't know if it's worth leaving downtown to come to, but very, very good. It's kind of more of a local restaurant. Yeah. Um, but I go over there all the time. I'll go grab an old fashioned or if I don't have any wine, go grab a glass of wine from the bar and just in a plastic cup. But that's all of, all over New Orleans. It's um, open, an open carry city. Can I put in a plug for uh, one of my favorite places in the Bourbon Street area is Pat O'Brien's. The, yes. Oh, the dueling, yeah, yeah. The dueling piano bar back we, there. We, yeah. So, so Pat O'Brien's is awesome all times a day. Um, yeah. Thank you. Actually, I forgot to write that down. Thank you. So, um, Pat O'Brien. So that's where you can get the um, the very traditional um, hurricanes, like the big, tall hurricanes. Um, about three of those, and it's a good time. And I will um, say, somebody told me before my first visit to New Orleans, if you go to Pat O'Brien's and uh, you get the hurricanes, if you take your glass back up to the uh, counter, they give you uh, cash for it. Because I guess so many people try to steal them as uh, keepsakes. So you can bust your own. You can grab some from other tables. But you can't piss off the waiter, which I did one time. Because I was essentially like, you know, getting in his way. And uh, I, I don't. I assume they pay the waiters the same thing. But you bust your you bust your glasses. They give you cash. And then I go use that cash on the uh, the piano bar. It was yeah. it was awesome. No, p- piano bar is a very cool spot. I, I in my quote unquote younger days, when I first moved here and I lived, I lived in the warehouse district, which is <laughs> one of the, so there's three neighborhoods that, well, I say three, there's three areas that make up downtown. There's the French quarter that everyone knows. There's what we call central business district. So that's where the Superdome is. And that's kind of where more of your, say your office buildings, like people who work downtown work in central business. And then there's warehouse district. So warehouse district is basically where they've taken all these old warehouses and turned them into multi-million dollar loss in condos. So when I first moved here, I lived in warehouse and um, like I can't that's only about a 15 minute walk from Bourbon Street. So like I first moved here, like what, 25 years old, like I was at Bourbon Street all the time. <laughs> yeah. Randy, you, you, you've got a story from one year you guys went down for, for spring break or something. Yeah, well, it was right after school let out. So it was like early May and uh, we spent a few days in Gulf Shores, Alabama. And yeah. Then- yeah, and then drove over to New Orleans for just a night, and um, one of the guys with us got arrested for trying to climb up the outside to like a second floor balcony. Um, you know, he was drunk, uh, so he spent the night in in the slammer, and he was one of the two cars. There were like ten, twelve of us, uh, so eight of us had to pile into one car for like a 14 hour drive back the next morning from new Orleans to Oxford, Ohio. It was, uh, Oh <laughs> yeah, it was, it was miserable. I actually drove the whole way. Cause it was like the only seat I could fit. Yeah, the only seat that's not have someone talking. Yeah. Uh, but we had, yeah, we, God, we had a good night at uh, bourbon street. And the cop, like the cop, like pulled him down by his, by his, by his that's jeans. what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The cop pulled him down and ripped his jeans and he got so mad that he ripped his jeans. He kept like, bothering the cop and he was like dude walk away or i'm gonna arrest you and he just ran his mouth you know a little bit too long and they arrested him and he had to walk home the next morning they let him out at like i don't know 5 36 a.m and he said that walk home he was like man i saw some parts of new orleans that i didn't really want to yeah. see yeah yeah because yeah. i know where the jail is yeah 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 it's not the best place to be walking around like right how long ago was this 
Oh gosh, this was only a couple years after Katrina. Um, oh yeah. It, it, yeah, it's changed since, but like from my understanding, like that part of town by yourself, not yeah, good. that's not that's not yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we didn't go over to the jail to try to bail him out tonight. I mean, we were all we were all hammered. There was like nothing we could do. You know, he was better off in in the jail. All right, we'll get back. All right, so let's get back to this itinerary. Yeah, Friday morning. Where are we staying? First of all, are, are we staying? Staying downtown or we staying up in uh yeah, I mean you, you've got to stay in, in downtown. Um so my favorite if we're talking about hotels, um the hotel that I always recommend to people is the Ace Hotel. Uh they've got hotels in other parts of the country, so I don't know if y'all stayed at Ace before. Um I have, yeah. They're Ace in, yeah. in New York awesome. Yeah, so th- there's Ace, that's where my wife and I we got married there. Um and it's just an awesome hotel. Like it's kind of um what do you call it? Mid-modern. Um, Mid-century like, modern, yeah. Yeah, mid-century modern, kind of like 1970s, 1960s kind of vibe. Um, they've got a pool on the roof that's in, like one of the major hangout spots in the summer on the weekend. Um, and then they've got another bar downstairs that's like a serious hangout spot, like serious happy hour spot. Um, outside of hotels, I mean, there's so many Airbnbs now. Um, I always say if you're coming with your spouse, get a hotel downtown makes life so much easier. If you come with like a group of buddies, then you can go the Airbnb route. All right, so Friday morning, where are we going for so, breakfast? So Friday morning, we've got two options. Um, for people who want to relive the strapped life, all right, I say, let's go to Audubon Park Golf Course. Let's go get around to golf. Um, Audubon Park, you can walk for $30. Um, maybe in the maybe Friday morning, it might be 40. Um, I think rental clubs are about $35 as well, but they're, they're decent rentals. They're like less than two years old. So basically they have the last generation of Callaway clubs. Those are the rental clubs that they'll have there. So right now it'll be the, um, whatever the green and yellow ones are. Is it the Epic? Yeah. Yeah. The Epic. Yeah. Epic. So like, yeah. yeah. So like right now it's the Epic flashes, the rental clubs that they have. So they always keep them relatively new. Um, do not get a car. You must walk. Um, it's, why anyone takes a cart at Audubon Park is absolutely ridiculous to me. It's 4,200 yards. It's the easiest walk ever. Now, get a push cart if you want to. I carry my bag. Sometimes I do. If it, in the summer, I'll do a push cart if it's like pushing 100. But it is, I mean, everyone's seen the strapped episodes. So I don't need to go into what it is. But like from a local perspective, it is the perfect. I just want to go play a little bit of golf, but I don't want to be out there for six hours. It's a good if you go on, yeah. If you go on Friday morning, you can probably get around in about three, three and a half hours on a Friday morning. Like when I play it in in the evenings, I get around in about two hours and twenty minutes. Um, in the evenings, doing eighteen. Um, it's just in the evenings it's a bit easier, but fr- Friday morning is always going to be busy. Um, people don't typically work on Fridays, but so for the people who want to golf, you don't have to, don't bring your golf bag. It's just not going to be worth it traveling with it. Go to Alden Park. Um, for people who don't want to golf. Do a swamp tour. They're, I mean, it may seem a little bit cliche, but they're fun. They're cool. We talking um, about like like a like a fan boat. You can, you can do both. The fan boats are a little bit more extreme for people who want to do that. Um, but you could also just do the ones where you're just kind of on the um, the flat boats and they have a covering, so you're shaded and everything. Um, do one of those. Um, I've done a few. They're really fun. I mean, and you can find there's Cajun encounters, Cajun swamp tours. If you get on Groupon and just search Swamp Tours in New Orleans, there's like six places that'll come up. You can find it all on Groupon, no free ads. You can find stuff on there. Um, I definitely would recommend doing something like that. 
just to kind of have that experience. Like you're down here, you might as well do it. Especially people, I mean, for y'all or not you anymore, Randy, but for you trying in uh, Jacksonville, it may not be as much of an experience because you see gators from time to time. But from people who aren't, say, from the South, it very much is an experience. Uh, I want to do. I want to do a fan boat one day. That's something I've never done. I've never gotten out. Fan boats are. It's loud. Um, <laughs> it's it's loud, and it is very much a like. If, if you've got a significant other who doesn't want to get their hair messed up, the fan boats <laughs> have to work for you. Um, but I mean, it's more of a like you're you're kind of getting strapped in and going a little bit deeper into the into the marsh fan boats where. Say the flat top boats are kind of more. It's it's more the like bring the kids, bring grandma and grandpa, kind of thing. So it's the it's the Bourbon Street of the swamp. You know, it's it's kind of the yeah. tourist, tourist yeah. swamp. Yeah, it's it's easy because it's made to be easy. It's made yeah. so that everyone can go to. Like everyone deserves to be out there. Um, it's the pitch and putt. Everyone should be out there. It should be open to everybody. So Friday afternoon, after we do our Friday morning activity, Friday afternoon, I'm just going to call French Quarter Hangout Day. Because so there's a street called Royal Street. Um, so it's just art galleries and bars for like a mile and a half. And you really should spend some time, like a few hours, just walking around the French Quarter in the daytime. See what it like. Look at the architecture. You could do one of the architecture tours. Um, I'm sure they add value just to someone who lives here. I don't see them as adding value. But there's tours all the time that you can do. Um, if you want to do one of the garden district tours, I suppose you could just again, as a local, I don't see the value in it when I can just go walk by it myself. Um, but I would definitely say do some sort of architectural tour on Friday because, I mean, you're coming here for a reason and you're going to want to get out. You can only drink in the French Quarter for so long. Like at some point, like let's do a little bit of something else. Um, Friday afternoon, happy hour at Ace Hotel is awesome. Oh, like Friday afternoon. That's where the majority of your kind of, um, let's say, young professionals who work downtown are all heading to the Ace Hotel. And same time, you have that and then you have the mix of the tourists who are all there. Um, and Ace is definitely like the hip hotel. Um, that's where everybody's hanging out like Friday afternoon. Drink Their drinks are phenomenal. And I think like happy hour drinks are like, I think an old fashioned like six bucks. Decent snacks and stuff, but definitely somewhere to hang out Friday. Dinner Friday. So there's two restaurants that I put down. So which are, let's say we're going to leave Friday evening, we're leaving downtown. Um, Saturday dinner, we're going to stay downtown, but Friday evening, we're going to leave. So there's two restaurants. Um, one is called Katie's and one is called Giacomo's. They are very much, say, traditional New Orleans affair, um, fair in regards to food. I know, Tron, one of the things you said is like Cajun and French food. There's not really much traditional French in New Orleans, um, like in the tradition of, say, like the traditional techniques, classic and French. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'll see some of that. It's some I mean, there's a few restaurants. There's Galatois, there's Galatois, Brennan's, Antoine's, uh, Commander's Palace. Those are your, those are your very much your classics. Like They've been around since like early 1800s. I'm a bit of a cynic when it comes to stuff like that. So I've, I've there were there were four restaurants I just listed. So again, Antoine's, Galatoire's, Brennan's, and Commander's Palace. I have not eaten at any of them. If you look up where to eat in New Orleans, those four places are going to be in your top 10. So to people who want that, sure. Go for it. If, yeah. if, if you want the, say, the Bananas Foster that's made tableside with you with the with the flaming cognac and all that stuff, if you want the over-decadence, go right ahead. It's just not for me. Randy, 
get your ass over there. Let's <laughs> no, I think I'm a big bananas foster guy. I love bananas foster. I just don't need to be a table side with Flaming Con yet. You know, um, DJ's a huge banana pudding guy, which I learned recently. <laughs> Can't resist a banana pudding. So those four restaurants are very much the Adair's Palace of restaurants in, in New Orleans. Um, you're going there for the opulence. You're going there for the history. I just don't really scene. need. Yeah. yeah, I just don't really need either. We want the substance. Just, yeah, exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure the food is amazing. I just don't need it. It's just not for me. And like they make like they all have dress codes. Like you have to wear a blazer and all this crap. And it's just I'm I'm good. So the two restaurants. So there's Giacomo's. Giacomo's being J A C Q U E S hyphen I-M-O-S, because I know no one's going to, no one may know how to pronounce it, just probably me saying it, and Katie's. And they are both kind of neighborhood restaurants. One is on Oak Street, and the other is in Mid-City. Both very, very good restaurants. You you cannot have a bad meal. Very much, you'll find a lot more locals there than you will tourists, because they're kind of out of the way of where the tourism is. Um, but very good dinner places to go to. Giacomo's is a tiny restaurant. You actually walk through the kitchen to get to the dining area. So you're kind of you're, you're walking on one side of one side of the wall as the, as the expediter is preparing the dishes on the right of you to to get back to the seating area. It's it's insane, but it's awesome. I'm um, looking at Giacomo's. Right oh, I know. I'm like, God, <laughs> yeah. take me there. Yeah. And so and then there's like one bathroom and it's in the kitchen, like one toilet seat. And it's in the kitchen. So you have to go back into the kitchen to, to use the restroom if you need to. It's it's completely ridiculous that it works like the setup works, but it's been around for so long. There's no reason to change anything like you. That's what you're getting when you go there. Um, and you said and outside it, of downtown. So this is this is in what what area of the city? So that would be that's Uptown Carrollton. Um, so Uptown is a very kind of large, broad spectrum of, say, Audubon Park, West Carrollton. So where I actually live is called West Riverside. One, I just, one, just no one, everyone here kind of hates the name of it. And it's like, no one really calls it that. So like all of, or say Uptown is a very broad spectrum of all these smaller, say Uptown neighborhoods, but kind of Carrollton areas where, um, uh, what you call it, Giacomo's would be. It looks like it's just due west of uh, Tulane, the campus. Exactly, Tulane. exactly. So, um, so like Tulane and Loyola, are, again, Tulane and Loyola are directly across the street from Audubon Park. So if you if you look at say where the river is all the way if, if you're looking at a at a map you'll see on the left side of the map you'll see the Mississippi River and then you'll see basically this massive section that goes all the way to Claiborne Avenue where it's what's called the Fly which is a major uh, the Fly is basically just a big open park a major hangout spot on the weekends it's where you basically people have crawfish boils there every Saturday and Sunday. Then you have the zoo, you have Audubon Park, you have Tulane and Loyola, and then that goes all the way to um, Claiborne Avenue. And it's just, I don't know how exactly it became that, but it just became this weird kind of like section out of the neighborhood. Then um, Friday night, um, you head to Frenchman Street. So Frenchman Street is a strip, it, it's a strip of bars and restaurants where you, you have live music, basically Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. It's very much, I call it kind of like the locals Bourbon Street. It's very much, you're always, you can have live music bar to bar to bar. Um, it's like if if me and my wife and friends want to go out and hear live music, that's where we go. 
to go to. And it's an awesome hangout. Um, it, it can get crowded on Friday and Saturday night, but it's not going to be anywhere near what you see on Bourbon Street. And it's, all, it's not going to smell like it's not going to smell like piss either. Like Bourbon Street is going to smell like piss. So very much a cool place to hang out. It's kind of so Frenchman kind of borderlines the Bywater area and the French Quarter. It's kind of right in that middle area. So especially for people who you get a lot of Airbnbs in that kind of um, on that side of the French Quarter and then in Bywater. So it's a very easy place to get to for people who are staying over in that area. Now we're at Saturday morning. Okay. Saturday morning, we're going to eat. We're getting up. And we're going to find brunch. I was Ben. I need some beignets. When when do I get my beignets? Oh crap! Um, so <laughs> he, here's, the, here's the glorious thing about um, Cafe de Mont. It's open 24 hours. Um, okay. So you can go whenever you want. So we can um, go. We can go Friday night even. Like you know, close it down Friday night. Exactly. So well, ex- excuse me. I always have to before COVID, after COVID. So before COVID, it was open 24 hours. Right now, it's not. Um, but before COVID. Cafe de Mont is open 24 hours, but so there's other places. There's Cafe Beignet, and there's a couple other beignet spots. But of course, everybody knows Cafe de Mont. Cafe de Mont is where everybody wants to go to, right there on Decatur Street. Um, but you can, like, I've gone there at nine o'clock on Sunday morning. I've gone there at three three o'clock after drinking my life away on a Saturday night. Um, so you honestly can go whenever you want. It's probably appreciated a little bit more at nine o'clock in the morning on Sunday. But you won't have to wait in line for an hour, like if you go there in the middle of the night and get some. Yeah, and and these are uh, they're delicious. They're like almost powdered so donuts, good. right? Like, they're is that so how good. you would describe them? Yeah, they're it's they're fried, just like fried dough donuts, that's loaded. But they're, with they're lighter and airier than donuts, though. Like where donuts, can, depending on the donuts, some can get a little dense. Like it's not a Krispy Kreme donut, right? Um, it, it's very. They're just they're little pockets of love. It's almost like pieces of funnel cake from the state fair. Exactly. That's what I'm trying. Yeah. It's a a little square funnel cake and you order them by the three. Um, I can easily eat six, just like nothing. And just like get you three, get you a cup of coffee. And it really is perfect. Like it's one of those things where it's like, is it a bit touristy? Yeah. But like tourist stuff is tourist stuff for a reason because it's good. It never misses and you know what you're getting. And what I think, what three beignets and coffee is going to cost you like what four bucks? They're great to dunk but, too, and it's cash only. That's the only thing about Cafe de Mon. The one in downtown is cash only. So just think, make sure make sure to consider that when you go over there. Okay. All right. All right. So we got our beignets. Where? Yeah. Proper brunch. Where are we headed? So I've got a few places. Bearcat. Um, so place, there's a place called Bearcat, which is just like. The best freaking brunch ever. Um, you can get any anything that if you want something sweet, um, get some sweet. If you want savory, you get some savory. And so what they have, they have what they call good cat and bad cat. Good cat, that's your avocado toast, that's your huevos rancheros, that's your healthy stuff. And then we've got bad cat. Bad cat high, highlights with a big biscuit with a piece of fried chicken on top that is amazing, and then a what they call a crawfish gravy that's poured over all. And then a fried egg on top of that. And it's it's basically it's basically, I guess, a Cajun version of a um say a um sausage and gravy biscuit. But it is 
phenomenal. One of my one of my buddies came down a couple months ago, and they were down here for four days, and they they ate bear cat every morning. They were down here. <laughs> it's just it's it's so good. Um, another place. So there's the a place called the original Pierre Masperos. So P I E R R E M A S P E R O S. So if you do want your more traditional, say Cajun food, let's say you want some etouffee, let's say you want some gumbo, say you want some jambalaya, you want some fried fish with um, crawfish etouffee top, which we call say a catfish chafalaya. That's where you can get it from and actually be good. You can get that stuff in a lot of places, but of all the places in the French Quarter, that's my favorite place that I would sign off on is actually taste traditional to say how I cook it at home. And um, so a lot of people often ask me like, well, where do I get Cajun food? And honestly, I'm not the best because since I cook that stuff at home, I have no reason to go and order gumbo or coffee chetouffee when I go downtown because the, the, the cost of it downtown is pretty utterly ridiculous. If I look at what it's say a cup of gumbo in the French Quarter costs, I can almost make a pot of it for the same price, um, which I understand. It's just they've got downtown rents to pay and tourists are coming and tourists don't care what they pay. So I'm not always the best person to recommend Cajun places, but that's one place that I would definitely say if you want the more traditional food that you're expecting to order, that's definitely a place to head to again. Original Pierre Masperos. Um, I've eaten there so many times because it's it's one of those places that you kind of it's got a really small sign it's kind of tucked off like it, it's not it's not a lot of fair fair around it. it looks old and dirty and crusty and you can kind of just walk in and it's not going to be too busy all the time perfect that's that's our kind of place yeah it, it's it's very good and then another place another breakfast spot is a place called willa jean um it's owned by a gentleman um who has a bunch of restaurants around town but they're all really good it's one another one of those places where if you just want a good solid breakfast i highly recommend it we go my wife and i go there again a lot for for brunch when we, when we want to go downtown and have brunch downtown are we gonna be able to do anything after this because nah. we're going drink we're going drink oh, no, no 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 no, no. <laughs> we we've, we've set the base okay now now we go we start the party so Saturday, because we're, we're going to party early, then we're going to take a, about an hour nap, then go to dinner. At least this is how I do things. Yeah, <laughs> Right on your wavelength, Ben. Love it. <laughs> so Saturday afternoon, there are a ton of cool outdoor bars in New Orleans, especially like, say, this time of year and in the fall when it's not like 110 degrees outside. Um, there's a couple places. One is Wrong Iron. Um, another Bayou Beer Garden are kind of a couple that I go to a lot where it's just massive outdoor bars and just we'll go there like me and my buddies and me and my wife, we'll just go there and we just hang out on Saturday afternoon and just drink for hours and just hang out. They like, they let you, you can bring dogs um, and you can just hang out and have a good time. Just cheat, nothing fancy. Um, just go chill for the entire day. Okay. I'm digging that. So we're doing that and then we're going, going, Back to take we're, gonna a go, we're gonna go take we're gonna take a nap. Well, I'm gonna go take a nap. If anybody wants to stay out, they can stay out. We'll freshen um, up for dinner. Yeah, because Saturday night is our nice dinner. Saturday night we're gonna if if we um if we're gonna put maybe put on a blazer, we're gonna put on a nice button down, some slacks, and or we're gonna go to a, a couple places. So if you want seafood, like let's say that like we just we want to go and just have like ridiculously good seafood. 
not necessarily Cajun style seafood. While there is some on the menu, just we want an awesome array of seafood. There's a place called GW Fins, um, which is it's in the French Quarter. Um, it's just off Bourbon Street, but just you can order 10, 12 different seafood dishes and every single one is just phenomenal. Great wine selection, great cocktails. Um, my wife has been there numerous times. We just we went for our anniversary last year and just like the nicest service you could ever get. As soon as you walk in the door, they treat you phenomenal. Prices aren't ridiculous. They could probably charge more, but I mean, it is like a nicer white tablecloth. Like you're gonna, you're gonna go and you're gonna prepare to go there and have have a good dinner there. You're probably going to want to want to make a reservation before you come to town, especially now due in the times of COVID, just because like everywhere they're on limited seating. Um, and reservations can fill up pretty quickly, but an extremely, extremely good restaurant to have dinner at. Another place is called Herb Saint, um, another kind of nice sit down restaurant. Um, we went there about two months ago and I had the, the steak on free and it's probably one of the best meals I've had in like the last two years. Cause it's just this, it's this, this filet, um, this filet that they, course cook it however you want but really what made it was they had this demi um this demi gloss that they put on it and basically because i asked about the sauce and it's this mushroom demi i asked about the sauce and it basically was like they take all of the all the bones from the from when they break down um the side of the cow and they cook them down for like 48 hours and it's just it's just the most decadent rich demi that i've ever had and i'm like and then it's just and you just sit there with the fries and you're just Forget ketchup. You're just using the fries to get every single bit that you have left. And it is wife. I forget what my wife got. I think she got the short rib, which is really good, too. But a very one of those places where just like, yeah, I, this is on my list of like when we want to have a nice dinner, uh, we'll be coming here again. Your recommendations come with a lot of weight because you're such yeah, a so, good cook and you're so, you're in the food industry yourself. Yeah, so by day, uh, so I work in the oil and gas business by day. I'm in engineering and business development. But basically, the hobby that I've had for probably the last six, seven years is I have a food blog called Food is Love Made Edible, and um, which you can find me there. And then on social media, my name on, say, Instagram, Twitter is uh, Mr. Goodly Cooks. Um, and then again, in the refuge, just living with Vinaloka. And to anyone, you, you've probably seen me in the What's Cooking thread the uh, bourbon thread, uh, the wine thread, those are kind of the three that I spend the majority of my time in when I'm in the refuge. So most of you may have seen me in there. Um, so I'm kind of hopping the other ones, but that's kind of where, those are my hangout spots. Those are my people. That, that, that's my club. That's, that's the table I sit at at lunch. As far as, as, far as cooking, like? Yeah, so, so the cooking background comes in. So um, one, I just love food. I, I, I could eat all day. And so in my family, so I, I grew up in a very, a, Cajun Creole family. And being the oldest, I would sit on the counter while, and watch my mom cook. And was always very interested in being in the kitchen with my mom while she was cooking dinner. And so I, my mom, I grew up with my mom cooking a lot of, say, gumbos, etouffees, uh, jambalayas, um, and other of the, say, traditional Louisiana dishes that people think of. And when I got to college um, and ate um, cafeteria food, I was like, this sucks. Like this sucks. Like I went from eating like red beans and rice like once a week to eating cafeteria food. And then when I got my own apartment, it was like, why am I eating this trash cafeteria food and eating out when like I have my mother, 
Um, at the time, both my grandmothers were still alive. Um, my and my aunts who have all these recipes. Why don't I reach out to them and talk to them and try to basically regenerate the flavors and the smells and the tastes of my childhood into my house? And so over the years, um, I've just I've gone to again my mother, my aunts, my grandmothers, my grandma, um, getting recipes and now taking those flavors of my childhood into First, it was my apartment in college, then my apartment when I got out of college, and now my home that, like, my wife and daughter to where now my daughter gets to eat basically the same meals that I ate when I was her age, which leads into the name of my blog being Food is Love Made Edible because I'm very much in the fact that there are certain meals that have a an emotional impact on who we are. Say it's for me, the biggest thing is it's it's a dish. It's called it's smothered okra with chicken and sausage. So it's basically you take okra, um, chicken and sausage, and you smother it all down together in chicken broth and say onions, bell pepper, celery for like three hours or so. And it's the ugliest thing in the world when you look at it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not appealing at all, but it is like when I cook it, it's the smell that it's a smell in my kitchen, in my house. That is the same smell that my mother's kitchen had and that both my grandma being my dad's mom, my grandmother, my mom's mom had when I would go and visit them and they would cook. And so it's basically I'm able to take that emotional connection with my grandparents and now basically transfer that to my daughter. And she has those same. I hope that she's got those same feelings that she grows up. I, I can't. So, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say to folks, I can't recommend the blog enough because that recipe, you share that recipe on your on your blog. Uh, so I would encourage everybody to check it out. It's a great website. Yeah, like, so on my website, you can find, so my gumbo recipe, or one of my gumbo recipes is on the website. Um, my crawfish shakes recipe is on the website. My mom's red beans and rice recipe is on my website. Um, then there's some other um, recipes that I've come up with um, just myself on the website. So um, it's very much because I'm very much of the, the for me, food has never been a thing that I've wanted to gain income from. It's always been a hobby. Because my fear was always like people have always like, well, why don't you become a chef? Why don't you open a restaurant? I'm like, I have friends who are chefs. Like I have friends who work in restaurants and they hate it. Yeah, they, they hate it. And it, I see how much it stresses them out. And it's like I'm able to have my career and now actually make a little bit of income as well through some social media stuff and some recipe development for some folks and actually make a bit of income, but it, I don't have to, I could scratch all that whenever I want to and still have the same love for food and it not affect say my livelihood. Uh, speaking of, of, of cooking, what's the, uh, what's the grocery store scene like down there? <laughs> so I mean, I mean, a chef has to source. No, no yeah. So we, so we, um, I'm glad that, glad that you brought that up. So my grocery store scene, um, so I do my grocery shopping at two places, um, Winn-Dixie and Whole Foods. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure that like this guy who loves food shops at Winn-Dixie, there's nothing wrong with Winn-Dixie. Yeah, I'm with you. I, so, and I think I'm probably biased here because Winn-Dixie, like their they're like headquarters is here in Jacksonville, I think. I, I had no idea. Yeah, but they're like their their meat case and their and their produce. I think is fresher than what Publix has here. Yeah. Like I have no problem with Winn Dixie because here's my point. So I'm I've actually got a bottle of bourbon sitting right next to me. That bottle of bourbon at Winn Dixie cost me um, 
$31. That same bottle of bourbon at, so the main say local grocery chain is Rouse's. Um, there's a couple of reasons I don't shop at Rouse's, which I'll get into in a second. Um, at Rouse's, that bottle of bourbon is $34. At Whole Foods, that bottle of bourbon is $38. So why would I shop somewhere else when I can go to Winn-Dixie and get the same bottle of bourbon for cheaper? Basically, the way that I say Winn-Dixie, so Winn-Dixie is where I get my dry goods and my bulk. It's where I get like any, like say, like cereal, granola bars, um, juices, um, like frozen vegetables, stuff like that. There's just no reason to pay more just to shop at a nice grocery store. Um, and a lot of my produce I get from Winn-Dixie as well, where like Whole Foods is where I get, and I also will get poultry. I get poultry and pork uh, from Winn-Dixie as well. Um, when I get into beef, then Whole Foods has a better selection and the price, the price is at a point where it's ridiculous. So it's where any seafood, beef and fruit, I do all of that shopping at Whole Foods. So when I go grocery shopping, I make two stops every time. Thankfully, I can walk to Whole Foods from my house and Winn-Dixie is a five minute drive away. So they're very close and it doesn't make it towards the inconvenience to me. Um, but that's kind of how I do my shopping. Um and it makes it to where I'm not spending a ridiculous amount at Whole Foods, um, but I'm also getting the quality I need from there versus costings like from Winn-Dixie. And then like every time I, you check out Winn-Dixie, you put your little whatever shopper number in and then $8 comes off and it's like, well, hey, thanks. That um, sounds like a Kroger, you know, Kroger yeah, plus. So, right? so I, so I grew up a Kroger person. So okay. I, grew, I grew up in Northern Alabama and so I grew up Kroger. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's a great grocery store, isn't it, Ben? Great grocery store. They're investing uh, in robots right now, too. Yes. So, and this is this is just between, I guess inside of a joke between Randy and I that everyone else is going to hear about now. So, it was probably about two months ago. I was in Cincinnati, and I sent you the photo of the Kroger um, headquarters building down there in Cincinnati. I was just had no idea it was there. I just turned the corner. I see this big Kroger sign on this high rise, and I'm just like, of course, I'd be in Cincinnati and see this. Is, I, I get it, Randy. <laughs> now. I, I, I see where it comes from. Somebody it's a very actually, ugly. It's a very ugly building. I was say, somebody, somebody sent us a picture of of what the building used to look like, kind of pre pre early eighties, and it looked a lot better back in the day. And then they put this ugly facade on it. It looks like it, it looks like they took they did that in nineteen eighty three. I was just gonna say the building yeah. was from the nineteen eighties. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so um, but yeah, so I grew up shopping at Kroger's, and then when I moved to Louisiana, I kind of made some adjustments. Um, the local grocery store chain is uh, Rouse's. So the Rouse's family, it's a family-owned rest, um, grocery chain. I think, I mean, it's its pretty big. I think they go all the way into maybe Southern Alabama, so like Orange Beach, Gulf Shores. I think they have one there. Um, so they're kind of a, a regional grocery chain, or I don't know what you want to call it, mid-regional. I don't know. So, But you're not a fan? I'm not a fan because, to me, it's just Winn-Dixie with a bit more price. It's just... It's just when all it is is when Dixie with a little bit more flair and a bit higher price. Um, and so to me, it's just never, it's never really like, why am I shopping here when I can spend 15 less dollars and get basically the same thing at Win Dixie? Like, as far as crawfish goes, are you buying that just straight off of a boat or is there a, is there a big seafood market in town? So there's a few, there's a, there's a few seafood markets. Um, so we typically like we had a um, my neighbor and I boiled some crawfish on Easter. I think he got that from a market out on the West Bank called like West End Seafood or something. So there's a few markets where you get it. I mean, Win Dixie also sells crawfish. You can get it from Win Dixie. You just have to call okay. them like a day in advance. Um, but those 
when Dixie they boil crawfish, you can buy it boiled or you can buy it live by the sack as well. Okay. Hi, and what's crawfish crawfish season? So crawfish season starts about starts probably in late January is when you start to first see them come and then goes until probably end of May. And the reasoning for that is that when you get too late and it gets too hot, they they burrow back down um, into the mud. Um, and so it's harder to catch. And then um, their shells get harder to help them deal with the heat. So it makes them very tough and they're just not good anymore. Um, but then you first start to see them again, kind of their life cycle is say end of January when it starts to warm up just a little bit. Um, but then they're very small and it's kind of like not worth eating them for the meat that you're getting versus the effort. But there's no good crawfish in New Orleans. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Great breaking news. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, you, if you want crawfish, drive two hours west, go to Lafayette, Louisiana, go to Acadiana country. That's where proper crawfish are. Okay. Because that's where all the crawfish are coming from. All the yeah. crawfish that are coming to New Orleans are all getting farmed out in Lafayette in the surrounding area. Huh. I want to ask you about Mardi Gras. Do you, it's awesome. Is it awesome? Mardi is it Gras like a, is, is awesome. So it's a highlight for you, even it's living the greatest, in New Orleans? It's the greatest time of year. Okay. Yeah, it's, I didn't know if it was like a tourist trap and you kind of resented that time of year. No, nah, I love it. Um, so I live on a parade route. Um, thankfully, it's only one parade. Um, thankfully. Um, I know some people who live like on the major parade route where it's like for two weeks, four nights a week, you've got a parade run around your house. But <laughs> Mardi Gras is the greatest time of year. Um, this year sucked. I was, it was, it just, I feel like we were dealing with some bad karma from last year. So unfortunately, two people died last year during Mardi Gras. Um, they both got ran over um, by the floats, um, which was like, it's like it hadn't happened in forever. And then it happened to people on back to back nights. Um, so last year was a very tumultuous year for Mardi Gras, but it was still a major year. But so, Mardi Gras is, it is a two week long party, basically every night. So here, let's say, let's say, um, for example, Muses night. So this is the, Muses is one of the main, main crews. So Mardi Gras cruise is what you have, um, K-R-E-W-E-S. So, and they run uptown. Um, so they basically run in the part of town that I live in. So let's say what my day looks like Thursday of um, Muse. So it's the Thursday before uh, the Tuesday that is actual Mardi Gras. I'll stop work around 1, 1.30 and I'll start prepping. I'll start prepping all my stuff that I'm bringing with me. Um, start prepping the diaper bags, start prepping the cooler, the drinks. And basically we go over to one of our friend's house that was on a Mardi Gras route. And it's basically a party from 3.30 in the afternoon until 10 o'clock at night. And it's just so much fun, so ridiculous. I mean, the bands, the floats, we just, you basically just have a house party, this massive house party that is basically in your neighborhood. After it's over, you clean up, put it away. Hey, guess what? We're doing it again tomorrow. We're going to clean up. Oh, the next day is Saturday. That means we're going to start at nine o'clock in the morning and we're going to go until <laughs> nine o'clock at night. And then, oh, the next day, Sunday, that means Sunday, we're going to start at seven in the morning and we're going to go till nine o'clock at night. Is there Monday, a day off or day that everybody takes easy or is it? Oh, no. Yeah. So schools, so schools are out. Um, if you work in New Orleans, you're not like if, if you have a like an office job, like who like to where you're not like working, like some sort of service industry, you're, you're off work. 
nobody's working. The city basically shuts down uh, for about a week from, I'd say, I'd probably say from Wednesday afternoon. So Wednesday afternoon is like the major kickoff point of like the serious time. Of, it's carnival season, but then so Mardi Gras is really just Tuesday. But so Wednesday is when carnival really kicks off. And then you go all the way through Tuesday, just nonstop. You can sleep on, you can sleep on Ash Wednesday. Do you join a crew? I, like what? And it's basically like a fraternity. Okay. Like, so you and could join one if you kind of wanted to, but. Yeah. So I, I've had invitations to join a couple. Okay. It's just, I haven't, I haven't been at the point financially where I can drop multiple thousands and thousands of dollars. Cause it's expensive. One is the membership. And then as well as like, so all the, like the beads and stuff that you throw in, like all the things that you see, what they just call them throws. So if someone's throwing that off, they bought all that. And a lot of times that gets into the thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars range. So someone spends all this money for the dress, to get up, to join the crew, to buy all the beads, to have basically the six hours of glory. <laughs> and then it's over. But for those, I mean, but for my friends who are in crews, it's like for those six hours, you are a king or a queen. Yeah. It's basically you're up there and everyone is like, throw me something. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you have all the control and the power. So my, my wife is, my wife is in a couple crews. It's been a while. I think it's, it's also personally. I'm just like I probably could do it. I'm just like I'd rather keep my money and just hang out with my friends. Yeah. I don't need. I don't need to get get on a float. Hey, uh, airport. I've never. So we just got our we just got our new terminal. Um, new terminal opened like a month before COVID hit. Good timing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the the airport is actually out in Kenner. Uh, it's about. Uh, about a 25 minute drive or so to get out there. It's not too bad. Um, it's not far from downtown. It's it's a $30 Uber ride from like all the hotels downtown to get to the airport. I mean, the new terminal is very nice. If you fly United, you're going to go through Houston or Chicago, or if you fly American, you're going to go through Dallas or Dallas or uh, Charlotte. And if you fly Delta, you go through Atlanta. And there's there's not really many direct flights, um, but you've got except Southwest, right? Southwest has a pretty big yeah. So South Southwest has some. Um, I'm a United guy. My company's United, so I'm a United guy. United's fine. I go through. I go to Houston, so the Houston terminal is very nice. So it makes United nicer. If you fly United, you go through Houston. United is totally agree. I avoid Dulles and O'Hare, and I try to fly through Denver and Houston. TC wears out the Houston uh, airport. <laughs> It's a great if, terminal. It's a great if you, if you have not been to the United to Terminal C in Houston, it is like it, it's a place that you would just want to go to. Like, yes. And they have the little tablets where you order everything. You don't have to talk to anybody. So I travel a ton for work. And so I'm on conference calls all day. So I just want to go sit down at a tablet, order my glass of wine, order my dinner. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to talk to the bartender. Just leave me alone. So I know this isn't a Houston pod, but major props on Terminal C. Um, but New Orleans, I mean, the airport here in New Orleans, it does exactly what it needs to do. It gets you in and out. It, and it gets, and it gets so like, a bunch of, bunch of leisure travelers there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, for me, like I go, I mean, I've got all the, the pre-stuff to get through security, but I get to the airport 30, 35 minutes before my flight and I'm straight through security it's not that big. You could walk to everything. So, I mean, it's a very, it's a service airport. It's, it's a regional, it's a region. I mean, I guess it's technically international because they've got like two international flights. They've got one that goes to 
um, Heathrow and one that goes to Hamburg, Germany. Yeah. So there's two international flights, but that's the only two. Other than that, you're going to wherever you're going to to get international. Saints. Uh, so yes. I, grew up, Saints. A, I grew up a Falcons fan. Um, I actually just tweeted. I actually just tweeted something yesterday about your Falcons. Yeah, well, it's, you know they're in a bad, bad spot right now. I like the new coach, but I'm just and and actually I like the new GM who came from the Saints. Uh, gotcha. But uh, you know, like I, I just remember everybody, Saints fans would invade the Georgia Dome. Uh, you know, Thursday night game, Sunday night game, whenever it was a big game against the Saints, they traveled in a big way and. You hate them when they roll in, but but you also like you respect the hell out of them because they're yeah. the most loyal fans out there. And the Saints have just been really, really good for a really long until now. Yeah. So so is this the beginning of the of the downfall? Just with like finally paying the cap, cap management stuff. I don't know. If, so I'm not that I'm not that involved to know like where the cap's at and what who who we can get. Like I'm just not that. I'm I'm more of a when the tailgate starts is when my fanhood starts. <laughs> I don't follow like I don't follow free agency really well. Um, I'm just I can tell you a lot more about LSU football than I could about about the Saints. But from my understanding and from what my friends are saying, who are actually very much involved, it's that we're going to have a few years where it's going to be a little rough. Um, which for me, who's on the season ticket. A waiting list. You I'm like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's have four or five years of downtime. Y'all like get some people out of the way for me so I can move up in the waiting list. Um, Jameis, I don't know. Tread, I, I just don't know. This is a massive Jameis house. <laughs> I just don't know. Um, they keep people keep saying that he just need he just needs a year. Now that he doesn't Sean Payton, he's gonna be great. Could be. All I know is we have a hundred million dollar receiver. We had a quarterback who did not have the physical capabilities to throw to that hundred million dollar receiver. So subsequently, that hundred million dollar receiver looks very much overpriced. And we need to get some. We need to get a quarterback who can get a return on investment on that wide receiver. And we have a quarter. We have a running back in Kamara who, if we continue to rely on him the way that we relied on him last year. He will be. He will not survive two more seasons of NFL football, because Kamara is what five six, five seven. He's taller than that, right? He's tiny. Maybe he's taller, but like I, I, I see him around town not all the time, but occasionally, and it's just like you see him, and it's just like, dude, how you're out there, like seeing him in person makes you appreciate so much more what he does on the football field, because he is. Tiny. He's listed at five ten, which means he's probably five eight. <sighs> he's not five ten. Um, he's so good. I got it. And, and, and just like skinny, just a slight frame. He's just like he's. It's ridiculous. Um, I think. I think but, one of the things that I've never really been able to like about the Saints either is just the the, the number of Ohio State guys that they that they seem to have. Every, yeah. You know yeah. now 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 they've got Malcolm Jenkins back. Yep. Um, I'm not a Michael Thomas guy. Can't guard Mike is awesome. Like what, what was it? Not last year, the year before. Oh, I was all can't guard Mike. I was in it, man. I had I had the shirt and everything. Cause he was just like you couldn't guard him two years ago. It was ridiculous. Because yeah. yeah. he's just so physically just intimidating and talented. Like he's just a pure muscle. Um, but he, you said like we've got all the Ohio State people. Cincinnati just keeps on getting all these LSU guys. Speaking of LSU, are they uh, 
with with Brady and then the defensive coordinator leaving, like are they kind of is Coach O getting exposed here or are they back on the upswing here? Soon? I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know if you heard about the story that came out a month or so ago about Mahomes. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Not I don't good. um I kind of give I give Coach O a pass on last year. Uh, with it being COVID, um, like Jamar Chase didn't play, who's going to be the number one wide receiver, wide receiver taken, um, one or two. Hopefully Burrow gets them. I'm like, fingers crossed, maybe like the stars align and Burrow gets Chase. I mean, the Bengals are my second team oh, like right now. Like, ben, love it. I mean, they, they've got my boy Burrow. Like, I don't think that anyone can comprehend what it was like to be an LSU fan in the state of Louisiana two years ago. When LSU went on that run, like beating Alabama for the first time in however many years, and then the national championship game being in the Superdome, I just I don't think anyone will ever understand and comprehend how crazy it was down here. So like we would like me and my friends, we would go to like the bars to watch the games. Like you had to get to the bar two and a half hours early for the chance to get a table to like sit at the bar to watch the game. Because, like, down here, it's – I mean, the Saints are big, but LSU is still – Still it, it's, one. Yeah, it's just different. It, it's crazy. Oh. What, is anybody a Pelicans fan, or are they just kind of an afterthought? Oh, no. Even, with, Zion, even with Zion now? So I was just talking to one of my friends, like, three days ago. I was like, I forgot Zion played for the Pelicans. Wow. It's just I, – and I, I put some of that on COVID because, like, sure. fans haven't been able to go to the game in, like, for what the year that they didn't play here and they were playing wherever they were playing. Um, I, I feel like it's about to be Anthony Davis point, like, number two. Like, I just feel – I feel like we're about to have another AD situation where he's going to stay for his first contract because the money is just going to be insane what they're going to pay him on his first contract. But after that, he's going to get more where it's like – I kind of want to win where it's like, so the juxtaposition is sorry. So like we're saints, I'm on the waiting list for season tickets for the saints. And I have been for eight years. I get a call like once every other month. Hey, would you like to buy the six game package? Would you like to buy this 12 game package? We can, we can get you Lakers and um, Lakers and um, Utah jazz guaranteed in this package. And people just don't care. It's just, it's just kind of one of those things where, like, when they're good, yeah, it's fun to go to a game, but nobody really cares about basketball down here. They're trying to get into the Smoothie King Center to see to see the the former New Orleans Jazz, right? It'll never become official, but kind of one of the things that's almost kind of understood is where if you get Pelican season tickets and you're on the Saint season tickets wait list, it can kind of bump you up a little bit on the Saint season ticket wait list because they're owned by the same. They're all owned by Benson, the, the Benson family. And so it's kind of like, hey, if you want some help here, we need more fans in the seats here. We need to sell these tickets. So get the season ticket package. And the Bensons, yeah. we could probably do a whole other podcast just on their family dynamics, right? And everything that's been in the I remember when that was going on um, right after Mr. Benson died about the, you say, the fight between his kids and Gail. Um, but, like, no one can say anything bad about Gail. She... She's putting so much money back into the city, like into youth programs, um, like helping the city. Like last year, like she was give, she was helping with like service industry folks because like New Orleans is an extremely service industry or uh, service industry oriented city when it comes to workforce. Mm -hmm. So New Orleans got hit extremely hard when COVID happened. Like probably I would say almost 
more than any major city when you look at per capita, just due to how many people work in hotels and restaurants um, in other service industries. And so um, Gail and say the Benson Foundation did help out a lot and people love her. It's I don't know the entire history. If like there's reasons people don't like the kids so much, but nobody really goes against Gail. Maybe it's just because she's Gail Benson. And why would you go against the person who owns the Saints and the Pelicans? Ben, I need you to power rank the Manning brothers. Ooh. So Coop is going to be number one. Wow. Okay. I'm a bit biased. So I was playing Audubon about two months ago and playing with like just some dudes invited me to go to come up and play with them. And then we just stopped and we talked to talking to some guys for a second. I was like, I think that's cool. Just at Audubon, just hanging out, playing. And I was like, I was like, I think that's cool. And then I was like, we we got they left. And I was talking to the guy who invited. I was like, is that Coop? He's like, oh yeah. He's like, we grew up together. On the bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Coop's son is ridiculous. Um, his son is a he's about to be a junior. He's the quarterback now, right? He's the quarterback at Newman. Yeah. And Newman is like the it's the Adair Manor of New Orleans. Trying to think of a reference everyone everyone will get who's listening to this. I mean, it's like I think it's like thirty something thousand a year. It's like a, it's ridiculous. Swanky like it's, private school. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, but somehow they get these crazy athletes like Odell Beckham who goes there. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, they can't recruit. Who, I know they're not recruiting. Yeah. New Orleans education. That's a completely different pot in itself. The charter schools. So anyway. Um. I'd say so Cooper, just because he's low key, everything I've heard about him, he's super nice. My one, that was my only time I've ever met him, like extremely cordial, extremely nice. Then after that, Peyton, because Peyton's just Peyton. Like, I don't like Peyton's just cool. He just, I've seen him in person one time, um, just around town. Didn't want to bother him because like he gets bothered all the time. So I'm not going to go around like, hey, Peyton, what's up? Oh, <laughs> but I mean, from everything you see, he seems to be like the coolest character in the world. Um, I've just never been an Eli guy. I don't, something like while they all grew up with a silver spoon, Eli very much gives off the silver spoon <laughs> energy. I think that's like, the old miss in him. I think that goes back to his old miss. Yeah. It, it must be like I, there's just something about Eli. I just I just can't get with like he, Peyton. It's almost like he's so jolly. It's like yeah. We get, we get it, dude. You've had it better than everyone. You're always going to have it better than everyone else. It's fine. With Eli, it's just like, do you really deserve this? Like, do you really deserve the two Super Bowl rings? Like, do you really deserve all the fame that you have? Like, and if, if he gets a like a gig, like a Romo gig, I'll, ugh, I'll puke. But I feel like he's going to get one just because he's a Manning. Or maybe he might already have one that I don't know about. I don't know. Is he still playing football? No, he is. He's done. Yeah, he is. Done. Okay. Well, he, he was done a few years ago, even when he was still playing. He's, he's officially done now. Yeah. Ben, this was a pleasure, man. Thank you. It, it was fun. I, I'm sure I rambled along. Again, um, if this is still going, if anyone has any questions, please reach out. There's so many places I know I forgot as far as food or anything else. Um, I'm an open book. I'm, I put food itineraries together for people traveling here all the time, um, kind of similar to what I went over. Um, so just shoot me. Shoot me something. Oh, I told I told my buddies Christian, um, Sergio's Landing, and Harrison of Bake Zero in the Refuge. My two golf buddies, so I met through the Refuge. I'd shout them out. So Harrison and Christian, there, there's your shout out. So I would told you I wouldn't forget.
Love it. Beautiful. Let's shout out Panther Mike while we're at it as well. Um, and I want to just remind everybody the the blog is let me make sure I get this right. Food is love made edible.com. And you can find Ben on social media at Mr. Goodly Cooks, both on uh, Instagram and Twitter. So no E. No E in there. Yeah, no E. Uh, ben, as Tron said, this was a pleasure. Thank you. You've made me want to get down to New Orleans uh, as soon as possible and to try out some of these restaurants and, and other spots. So thank you. Lots of food, little golf. It was fun, guys. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who